0: wild baby, it's the people's champ. I'm some like a bowler. The candy paint dripping out for the old school empire. I'm with the big bank, paint them popping, Joe and box, trunk bump like chicken pox, turn the base up just a notch. You see them blaze chopping, you see the trunk popping, hoes that this me in the club, the same host in the parking lot. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. With a light blue hued one. I'm not this social house with Archie Lee and Cuda Bang. Sitting sideways on Swain. The candy paint driven off the frame. You see me in bed, I'm showing out. Jack! to the test! Good. You feel it?
1: No. Hello all, and welcome to the Two Red Gringos Season 3, Episode 2. Uh, here I am joined, as always by my co-host, Patrick Staley, this time from Houston, Texas.
2: What's the nickname for Houston?
1: Uh, H- H-Town? H-Town, is that it? H-Town came to mind, so...
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, go with gun, we'll go, go going with H-Town. I'm saying H-Town.
1: Yeah.
2: Probably right. offended a lot of Houstonites here. I know
1: it fair. particularly as uh, the hometown of Mike Jones and Paul Wall. <laughs> the
2: Iceman Paul
1: Wall <laughs> <laughs> And um, now
2: we've got our intro music
1: Oh shit So we have a guy I have a guy in my uh, Who who I work with named Mike Jones Um So I find myself s- Rapping two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four When Mike Jones actually put his phone number On the tracks Um just to get his name out, and it worked.
2: That's like pre Snapchat days, though, right? Oh yeah, like that. You do that today, and you're you're probably getting some dick pics or something that I would not. I would not advise <laughs> the young up and coming uh, Houston rappers
1: to uh, put their digits out there. Well, that's. A, I mean, Mike Jones would have killed on Snapchat. You think <laughs> about what DJ Khaled has accomplished.
2: DJ Khaled not only. Is his Snapchat just utterly outrageous, but the, the most obscure, is it a, a coconut water?
3: Uh,
2: what, what, what picked him up and basically said, it's like, take a your Snapchat hemp, and give it
1: It's like it. a hemp milk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Oh uh, yeah. That's even, that's even further away from coconut. No. Like what is the product you at least associate with DJ Khalid? And they said, Hey, just go on Snapchat and we're going to make that a commercial.
1: So uh so we've got we've got the pick of our different poisons for intro music now that we've talked about three different artists but um oh. as far as your poison for the pod let's let's get into what did you pick as your poison for tonight
2: I almost went with the Globe Ultra again just purely yes. out of spite purely out of spite uh <laughs> Val I, Kilmer's I my... <laughs> bottled piss. Not good, Val Kilmer. Although Val Kilmer tombstone is peak Val Kilmer. But oh, absolutely. in, in, in terms of whose whose urine you would want to drink, Batman or what? Or not? Wider. Uh, Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday. Doc Holiday. Uh, you would most certainly not want to drink Doc Holiday's. No. But uh, but no, I. You just I imagine just...
1: Doc Holiday's diet. Like that <laughs> that piss smells like It's
2: it's Hooker's cigarettes and whiskey. That's I think that's Doc right. Holliday's diet.
1: So that I mean that piss smells like a urinary tract infection. <laughs>
2: so I, I mean that's basically how you'd so describe a ultra, ultra. ultimately. But but this time I'm I'm rocking the St. Arnold lawnmower.
1: Oh, that's a solid beer.
2: Two of these and I ha- I previously polished off a Shiner Blonde as well with okay. the like two pounds of crab that I just ate. Um,
1: Keeping it Texas,
2: but one thing, one thing I wanted to kind of point out was that I get a lot of enjoyment from drinking beer in hotel rooms, strictly for the fact that if you get a non-twist-off beer, <laughs> there's there's a lot of excitement that I get from locating how I can knock the bottle cap off. <laughs> so I figured I give I give some. Uh, some bro tips or some life tips to our listeners out there it's is that life hacks avoid any type of counter or table or dresser. Cause that's just going to chip right off.
1: Yeah. What no, you,
2: uh... no, no wood or no really soft. There's a lot of soft kind of metally plastic in hotel rooms. You're going to want to avoid that. What you want to go for, speaking of DJ Cali are the hinges on the door. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking hinges so just uh, for example the, the two lawnmowers that i have in front of me yeah you know for for logistical reasons uh right. you just go close the door a little bit you've got solid metal right there and you just pop it off with your fist and then and then you're good to go but i mean that's what it's a little things like that that i enjoy on the road but <laughs> <laughs> you'd expect no less when you're in small town new mexico which is where I usually am with absolutely right. nothing to do, um, but yeah, lawnmower Saint Arnold uh, for me.
1: So uh, I'm I'm keeping it Texas as well. I've got a uh, Deep Elum Brewing Company right here. We've got the uh, the Easy Peasy IPA. Okay. Um, okay. Picked it up at Specs. So shout out to Specs. Shit. We should try to get sponsored by them. That would be
2: that would be the ultimate.
1: I already give them so much business. <laughs> there are people
2: listening probably in like Nigeria or the Philippines <laughs> I mean, obviously not right now as much as I, I like to pretend that this is live uh, they that would be a, a, a great opportunity for them they've got the expansion right there in some highly populated uh, countries but yeah we do and I think If we can get it to the point where not only do they sponsor us, but they can create the two red gringos giant cooler, yeah. Because, like I said before, when I first moved to Texas, I thought it was just one big refrigerator that you were exploring (laughs) and specs. That's what the ad on Southwest Airlines made it seem. But (laughs) I'll, I'll settle for like one of those just big rooms like they have in gas stations where you walk in and get the beer.
1: Um, but no, that's, I mean. Between that and the Chang sponsorship, will be will be set.
2: <laughs> and if Specs actually sells Chang, then that's that's two birds with one stone for us, right there. <laughs> um.
1: So, I think I think this first topic that we're going to talk about we we just we got to get right into it because if we if we dilly dally anymore, we're just we're just putting off. Ultimately, what is a a rant or a topic that's that's been a long time coming?
2: It's been just just gnawing at us. Just
1: it's been it's been in there. <laughs> um. So the first thing that we want to talk about tonight is uh, Sac Republic FC. We. Which uh, is-
2: it's a big deal, too, because we always, I think historically, we lead off vast, vast majority of the time with Liverpool, and then we follow up with all things corrupt in u s soccer right. um, But this one we, we definitely more so you're very passionate about in terms of getting some things right. off off our collective chest.
1: yeah I, I want to get this out of the way. And and it's it's fitting tonight of all nights, um, <laughs> because Sac Republic uh, had some big, big news okay. um, that they put Paul
2: Pogba to shame.
1: Actually, <laughs> they uh, they had some transfer market activity that uh, that shook things up and A game changer. Uh, so they announced that they had some news. You actually. Spotted that they had some news, but you you hadn't you hadn't heard the actual news itself. Um, I got home just in time to spot the announcement from Sac Republic that they had signed West Ham legend Carlton Cole. <laughs> um, this was this was built up uh, all day, and I think I think. Sac Republic see this as a genuine um step towards MLS because everything they do is a is a step towards towards MLS. So um they've got a former England striker um who was ultimately unseated by Andy Carroll as West Ham's backup um, striker. <laughs> but so Sac Republic uh, I think it's well documented on this show. For anyone who's been listening to all three seasons, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> uh, Sac Republic is one of the first things we talked about, I think, it, as far as U.S. soccer goes. So this has been going on for a while. Um, Sac Republic's big thing has always been hashtag built for MLS um they've always led everything they do uh off with that that kind of mission, you know, at the forefront. They're they're not content in USL. They're not really doing things um for any other reason than to get exposure and to get noticed and to give MLS that uh Kind of a heads up of Hey we're Sacramento We deserve a franchise Um So everything they do has kind of felt Artificial Or a little forced Um The the biggest one of these Uh events Was a (laughs) block party That they held Uh I guess now it would have been Probably it was a while ago Maybe about six months yeah, it was sometime last season, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, during last season, um, and this this caught people's eye because um, they held this block party. Don Garber was in attendance, um, but it wasn't an announcement of any type of movement towards MLS for Sac Republic. It was strictly them trying to get people excited about the possibility of one day paying money to enter <laughs> MLS. And in the crowd there were people holding cardboard cutouts of Don Garber's head. And this particularly that was the most terrifying
2: troubled. thing for me. Yeah, that was that was horrifying for me. <laughs> like I I wanna I wanna try I'm gonna try as best as I can to defend the, their motives and their approach. Um, well, I like the the person that runs their their Twitter their Twitter campaign. She she seems like a solid gal, uh, but it, it's hard it's hard to 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 kind of see or, or try to share their vision. Um, and it was even harder after the giant Don Garber heads. That's like and any type of like kind of messed up film depicting the apocalypse or something normally you have like people like with goat heads or if they're like tripping out or something that's what you see and that that was kind of what i what i envisioned whenever i saw those don garber heads was just like the apocalypse or like on a really just nasty like not that i've ever been on one but acid trip i'm assuming that whenever you're on acid you see giant don garber heads just floating (laughs) floating around sacramento Um, and the people seem so happy. So happy to be carrying what what I assume to be a, a life-size or one-to-one-scale replica of Don Garber's <laughs> massively overinflated head. <laughs>
1: um, so we decided um, that we wanted to have Sac Republic on, because as you mentioned, um, the, the person who runs their social media and uh, runs their kind of public presence is... Nice girl um, And she kind of She kind of approached us After the first episode Because we kind of called them out uh, The first episode we talked about them Way back in the day That's like season one days um, And when we called them out they They came to us They started talking about Well this is why we do things This is how we do things So I think back then We kind of We didn't think we could get people on the show um, cause it's two guys talking <laughs> randomly, but, uh, as we kind of grew in, in boldness, um, we reached out to them and, and I specifically did and, uh, made contact with them, kind of set up the preliminary, Hey, we want to sit down and do an interview. We want to talk to you guys about, you know, these things. Um, and then, they were like, "Yeah, who do you want to come on the show?" And I, I said, "It's more, you know, wasn't as focused on um, the product on the field necessarily. We were talking more uh, organizational things." Um, and so, multiple times, we had these false starts of, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it," and and then back like, "Uh, well, then I wouldn't hear from." Hear from them for like a couple days And then I'd re-engage And they'd They'd be like yeah When do you want to do it Yeah. You know? So it was back and forth back and forth back and forth Bottom line we gave them On the, on the last episode we gave them The kind of an ultimatum <laughs> and, The warning uh, shot And I definitely haven't heard anything From them uh, since then Even though I did uh, reach out one more time So I think they're kind of They're kind of done with us and that's fine um, But what we wanted to do Was we wanted to kind of create A dialogue and talk about Hey this is my I wanted to talk about hey this is my Perception of what you guys are doing out in Sacramento um, And maybe they could Talk about why that was off base Or why that wasn't yeah. Exactly what they were going for Or maybe I was missing the point well, but I was now. excited
2: too I was excited yeah. about it because I think the debates that exist on, on really and the, and they're kind of representing not it's it's not the pro rail crowd or anything like that but it's almost like the the, the MLS fanboys versus you know, I'm not gonna call them normal human beings, but just <laughs> but just the just the opposite those, those whatever two opposing viewpoints that there are there's never there's never any middle ground between the two sides and as somebody that's not as venomly opposed to the structure as others are, especially on Twitter, I was really looking forward to hearing what I had hoped would have been just kind of shared dialogue between this is why we think this is like soulless and you know you guys are selling out versus well this is our approach as a club and this is what we're looking to do maybe even this is you know because they know hopefully they know their fans this is what our fans are looking for as well so i i was and i thought it'd be out because they've got a very kind of good presence on on twitter and they're very engaging and interactive um so when it kind of fell through i was like okay it doesn't when we reached out the last time i was like all right so they don't basically want to want to engage in it probably for fear of you know putting saying something or putting something out there that could ultimately be you know use against him or whatever else so that that was the sign that it was time to uh to start landing some body blows on him if you want
1: <laughs> so i mean i don't want to take cheap shots necessarily at sac republic um i think their approach is only made possible by the structure that we currently have in that where we reward markets and we reward certain owners versus rewarding people for playing soccer or even watching soccer. Um, We look at like market potential, not necessarily people who are actually showing up to games for like minor league clubs. So, Sacramento is a a prime example of a market that showed its potential um, in its first couple USL seasons. They had crazy attendance, and they had like this passionate fan base. Um, And I think it's kind of tapered off a little bit just because they built so much around, we're going to go to MLS, like USL is a stepping stone to MLS. Um, and I think you see it over and over and over again as these different clubs like startup in UL- USL, they go and they they sell this, hey, this is a, a step up. This is like how we're going to make it to MLS. And then when they don't make it almost immediately, people start to lose interest um, yeah. because you've sold them, hey, this is going to be... A top flight product, and then it's it's not. Um, so the the issue is caused by the structure, but the way that Sac Republic has gone about things has always been less about creating something um, special at the level they're at, and it's about progress progressing um, in the way that you can progress in the U.S., which is Prove to MLS that you deserve it and let them give you the ability to pay them to get in. Um, And, and so it's, it's always been a little, it's always felt artificial when you see other teams in the U S like, like Chattanooga and some of these like smaller clubs, Detroit city, obviously when these clubs come up and they create something and they don't really give a shit what league they're in they just they care about their club um you see what what it can be and what kind of an organic culture you can build Um, and then you see sac republic who it looks like are just like yes they are gaming or attempting to game the system that exists but rather than just build something uh, organic and special and see if it blossoms into something okay. that, you know, attracts MLS's eye, they've just always taken the approach of, hey, we're out here, like they've just been poking MLS for years, um, <laughs> tugging at Don Garber's sleeve, like, hey, hey, we're we're doing soccer here. Um,
2: Look at us with our giant heads.
1: Yeah. A view. And you? so it's just been, it it's just been problematic, and the bottom line of all of this is that when Sac Republic elects to take that road of trying to get promoted uh, in the way that you can in the, in the states currently, you um, you're voting, in my mind, because you have a platform, you have a club, you have the ability to create something organic and, and special. Um, and rather than do that, you cheapen it because it's, it's not like, you're not happy with the way the club is. You want it to get kind of bought out, um, and become a franchise of MLS. So, um, the bottom line is that you're voting to shut out the people beneath you, because by trying to achieve that kind of fake promotion, um, you aren't trying to create anything uh, like new, you're trying to just fit in with what already exists. And so you see these pathfinding clubs that kind of create something different. Um, And those are the ones that get noticed and the Sac Republics get kind of taken for granted. Um, And so I think they've hurt themselves in a weird way, but also they've they've done themselves damage to people like me who care about the kind of open system because in my mind, they're voting against it um, because they want into the club um, of MLS rather than focusing on like stuff that is applicable across leagues and across, um, across the format. It's, they're not creating a club. They're creating a potential franchise. Yeah. So that's it.
2: But, and that was, you kind of answered it too, but that was my kind of main question when thinking about this whole approach is what, what, what's going to be the impact on the fans? Cause they have had solid attendance, but if you mark it as we're, Hey, we're going to be MLS, we're going to be MLS, And if it turns out that you never get to that point, then it, it's ultimately been, you're going to have a number of disillusioned fans, especially because it's so, I mean, how old is the franchise? Like three, four, I think five years, maybe, going I on was, like
1: four years.
2: Yeah. And so the, you know, the fan base that you have isn't necessarily organic. It could be, you know, a lot of local fans that they've built up. um, But if it's built up around this idea that we're ultimately going to be MLS, then it it would be like me, uh, you know, we go to the Chihuahuas games in El Paso just because, you know, we know it's going to be a good time, right? You could start a club with that understanding, but if, it was around like, oh, you know, Chihuahuas are going to be, we're going to go to the majors ultimately. And if it was always being like strung along every single year, it, you know, if it's AAA, that's that's fine. That's that's what we know we're getting into. But if you're promising this, uh, this theoretical kind of club that could exist and it never gets there, then I think, you know, after a few years of that, that starts to weigh pretty heavily on the fans. Um, and especially any type of, not necessarily you and I, but any type of maybe more, natural, or organic, or at least local fans, um, that they might have. Uh, but, but what about it? So who, who's really to blame this? Cause we're putting, we're putting a kind of, we're throwing some, uh, maybe not blame, or I'm not cool enough to say throwing shade, but uh, towards, <laughs> towards Sac, Sac Republic. So is it wrong for them to pursue getting to MLS in the system that exists? Um, or who's really to blame for it too because if that's kind of what I think you called it last time during the first episode faux rel which yeah. I hope you I hope you coined that term
1: I not. I, um, not. Ah,
2: that, that's I wish beautiful. I was that good but that I mean that's a system that currently exists so is it the fault of MLS or is it the fault of Sac Republic why are we calling out Sac Republic for trying to get to that top tier when it, if that's ultimately the goal of any kind of European football league, they're also trying to get to that same tier. So why are we putting kind of pressure on the Sac Republic to not buy into this system?
1: So some of it is, is a purely, um, I would say kind of rebellious, uh, kind of spirit of the, of the anti establishment, um, if a team, like I said, that kind of has a platform like Sack Republic does, if a team like that were to kind of champion the cause of opening the system and making it so that a team like Sack Republic could start in D3 and you know move its way up, then you have um you have someone a little more prominent kind of pushing along the the momentum of the open system crowd uh in the u.s the what they do when they buy into the system i guess uh no pun intended because they'll need quite a bit of cash to get to buy into uh to mls now um but when they when they kind of play along with the system that ultimately it's the like U S soccer is to blame more so than more so than anyone. Um, cause they, they perpetuate the system. Um, yeah. but by buying into it, then Sac Republic is like, like I said, they're essentially taking a vote, um, and saying, you know, yeah, we're fine with this system as long as we get a spot at the table. Um, And ultimately it's a vote against teams below them who would want the same thing um, at the end of the day and won't have that ability to progress because they've been shut out by teams like Sac Republic who took that vote and bought into the system. So, So that's why Sac Republic gets some gets shit. Um, whereas ultimately, it's U.S. soccer who deserves it because they're the ones who kind of perpetuate this. Um, but Sac Republic gets a side shot because they have the ability to influence things um, with, a, with a fan base like they have um, and kind of the platform that they have. They have the ability to influence people, but by doing the hashtag built for MLS, they're kind of perpetuating the idea that, you know, whenever a team starts up in USL, their only goal in life can be, please one day let Don Garber bless me with the ability to be (laughs) the 32nd franchise of MLS, you know, um, let me write him a check, uh, for, you know, $200 million. um, so that, that's what's frustrating, I think, when it comes to Sac Republic.
2: Is it, is it possible? Is there a club out there that you think could actually kind of assume that mantle of a club that could maybe be a champion for that cause? Or what, what would be... I'm trying to think of what would be realistic, too. Because it doesn't behoove Sac Republic to... Kind of go against what is making so much money for MLS. So I, I'm trying to think of what what's realistic and what what might be a club out there that that would have the potential to say, you know, we deserve to be in the top flight, and we're going to consistently challenge MLS um, and kind of be a voice for the other clubs out there too. Is the, does it rely on a certain marketplace? Does it maybe a, a certain a city that has a club that consistently performs? Because Sac Republic's kind of toiling, I don't know, not not at the top of the table, not maybe closer to the middle. Um, But is there anybody out there? Is it possible for a club to kind of champion that cause?
1: So I think the first time that a club will really take on that mantle is when and I, I say when because I think eventually it will happen just due to the due to the money involved but also due to the fact that uh, MLS kind of hamstrings itself by, by doing a salary cap and stuff um, it's going to happen when and tonight uh, they're actually US Open Cup semifinals going on all MLS teams involved but I think the U.S. Open Cup is the thing that's gonna kind of open people's eyes in the future. Um, this year, we had one NASL team make it to the quarterfinals, um, but if a lower division team wins the U.S. Open Cup at some point, that's kind of I think what will drive the conversation into the more public consciousness um, and less about, you know, Twitter back and forth Um, because that's going to show, hey, day-to-day X team can hang or beat any uh, team in MLS. So why should we shut them out? Um, And I think teams like the Cosmos and like, those, NASL, those stronger NASL teams uh, kind of come to mind when you think about teams that will champion that cause because without the current system, um, you'd have teams moving back and forth uh, as is necessary. And I think what's really funny is the team that's probably championed the cause of, of promotion and relegation in an open system more so than anyone, uh, has done it accidentally through their futility, and that's the Chicago Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Which we haven't talked about in a long time.
2: We... What... I mean, it's the Dave Chappelle quote. What a... Oh, fuck. (laughs) What, What more what else can I say about Afghanistan? It looks bombed out and depleted. <laughs> we, it's yeah. the same tired story over and over again. Although I got a new one. It popped up on Twitter the other day. I don't know who, it was so, one of our El Paso Reds followers that posted and made fun of the uh, something about the fire where uh, the ESPN or somebody said that, oh, it's the first time all season that, uh, the Chicago fire scored two goals. So obviously like the reaction was the Chicago fire are unbelievably bad. This is the first time they scored two goals thinking that they hadn't scored more than that. Well, it turns out that the Chicago fire, so the Chicago fire respond back and they say, you know, get your facts, right? We've scored three goals in like three matches or something like that. None of them wins. In fact, I think two out of the three might've been losses. Um, (laughs) But it was still true. That was the first time all season that they've scored two goals in a match. It's either been one, zero, one, or three. Um, but of course, any time that they scored three, they've conceded uh, as many or more. So that was <laughs> that was peak Chicago Fire for me. It's like, yeah. oh no, no, we scored three.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> doesn't mean that the the previous fact wasn't true. Uh, and that, that's just. No, it, it's the same tired story with that.
1: Yeah, and that's what, and we don't have to go too deep into it. But the bottom line is that if if a team like Sac Republic in the time that the Chicago Fire have been hot garbage, Sac Republic <laughs> could have been promoted two times, up to MLS, relegated and promoted back um, in the time that the Fire have been terrible. So um, I think. When you look at it from the perspective of a of an owner like Sac Republic, I think I think things may be changing um, with MLS's valuation of their franchise fees climbing. Yeah. Um, I think teams that are starting small, like Sac Republic, or um, if if one day the El Paso has a, a USL team that team is never going to be able to pay that amount of money to get into MLS. And if you think about it uh, strictly from the amount of time that it's climbed to this level, to the 200 million supposedly um, that the franchise fee has reached by the time that a team were to form and uh, grow enough to make that push for MLS, um, in El Paso, the franchise fee will be 500 million. Um, that that cost to get in will be steeper and steeper and steeper, and those teams are gonna look for other routes to get um, to you know the top tier is closed, but to get to a higher level and to get to a yeah. to a bigger um, bigger stage. So I think uh I think right now the the kind of problem that they're facing is um if these smaller teams start saying like whoa okay you've kind of priced us out of MLS um you know what's the alternative um do yeah. they just say oh, okay we're good in USL or do they start pushing for something a little more and I I don't know if time will tell I guess um, if MLS has kind of out its coverage, as as they say, but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. If, well, speak- I don't know if it'll lead to anything as far as change in what these teams want.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of coverage too, I think the uh, we saw earlier the MLS results <laughs> was it uh, a premier matchup too with Galaxy. Versus New York Red Bulls. Yeah, that pulled in less than like a hundred thousand viewers or something like that.
1: I mean, it's it's fucking pathetic. It's pathetic. What I loved about that was the
2: again Twitter responses regarding MLS. It, it just makes my day. <laughs> but so all these people start chiming in. Like uh, one person says, like, "Oh yeah," and the crowd didn't look. Too large, either just like a right. harmless comment. Yeah, not a lot of people at the stadium, not a lot of people watching, right? So, all these MLS fanboys come charging in, like, Oh, I was there, both supporters' groups were loud, it was like you know, <laughs> 20, 25,000 out of a 27,000 seat. And so, then, <laughs> and then a Twitter account like Empty Seats or something yep. posts pictures from the match, Yep. and then their responses are, Oh, that's that's like the Miami Miami Heat argument, like oh that's that's before the game starts and that they right. hadn't been filled, but the very second picture was an in-match <laughs> photo yep. with still empty seats. Uh, so that part made my day. But yeah. one thing that I was thinking about was, uh, we know that Don Garber's evil, I, but I was thinking like how evil and how money driven. Is it all about money? Like, is there any hope for like an open tiered system? And I was thinking maybe he wants to get it where they, they recently said that what they were going to cap off like at 32 teams mm-hmm. or something like that in MLS. So maybe once it hits 32, then it's, oh, well now you can start buying in for maybe the same fee, maybe a little bit lesser. And he starts getting enough – maybe there you know there's enough money floating around out there that he starts creating a tiered system but entirely controlled by – you know him and the MLS yeah. that they're buying into, but I think clearly by making it a two hundred million dollar fee, either he's he's raising it so high that they're thinking, okay, we've got a limited amount of we've got less and less real estate, right? Let's jack up the price to really weed out anybody that might not be able to afford it. Sure. Or maybe he's just setting up to now say, okay, now we've got thirty two. We'll start. It's going to be a hundred million to buy into this second tier, and then maybe he introduces that open tier system. But I, I, I have absolutely no idea. Well, but it, it seems yeah. evil enough
1: and then, for him to
2: say we have an open tier system while still controlling and making a shit ton of money.
1: <laughs> exactly, and that's that's ultimately it. And it, it's the guys. These guys learned from the best in terms of evil sports owners. <laughs> Because they either are or are friends with, like, NFL guys. And the NFL is, like, one of the most evil entities on this planet. Um, In terms of pure, like, money-making... Like, the movie Wall Street could easily (laughs) depict the life of Robert Kraft. (laughs) Like... Is
2: is Michael Douglas of the 80s and 90s playing Robert Kraft or yes. is Michael Douglas today playing Michael Kraft? Uh
1: well I would say Michael Douglas of now is playing Robert <laughs> Kraft of now. But back in the day, Michael oh, Douglas could him easily him. Okay. Have, have been have been <laughs> Robert Kraft of the 80s or 90s. You know,
2: it's all beginning to make sense now because I I firmly believe that the NFL success cannot last, not just that it's kind of superpower status as a sport that it has right now can't last. Right. But I think in terms of the violence and all that, I, and again, I could be way off base, but I, I just don't see it lasting as uh, as a major sport strictly because of the backlash that, that's oh, kind of come yeah. up with it as well. So it makes sense now. That with such strong ties to NFL that when the NFL vacuum exists, that all of these NFL owners now have stock in the new up and coming sport within the MLS. Yep. And so that they just move right in and they don't even skip. Yep. A beat. This is diabolical capitalism. It really is. That's currently existing right now.
1: Um, no, I mean it's it's. It's fucking, it's brutal. And that's the crazy thing is it's not outside the realm of possibility that these owners have set up this contingency league um, (laughs) that, you know, in case of emergency, break Don Garber's office window, um, say, hey, I'm taking over. Um, And and then you've got a ready-made, you've got a ready-made tax shelter. In, in MLS,
2: <laughs> I think I think we're I think we're onto something here. I think Michael Douglas is going to come busting on the door, and we might get knocked off for stumbling upon this <laughs> this yeah. conspiracy theory.
1: No, we figured it out. Two red gringos. You hear you heard it here first. <laughs> MLS was made because of concussion worries in in football. Once Will Smith uncovered the medical impacts. <laughs> Of American football, they started setting up their contingency plan, which is, which is MLS.
2: I'm going to go full conspiracy theory on this. I'm going to wipe out one of the walls in this hotel room and I'm going to get like a timeline going of exactly (laughs) when initial reports created, when there were initial meetings for MLS. (laughs) It's got to be like the tobacco industry where they knew about it long before anybody else. Yes. So probably a solid 25-30 years ago they stumbled on all of this information and they said holy fuck, this cash cow is going to go down. So they immediately started grooming a new granted, albeit shittier cash cow, but you know it's, it's, in the, it's like a weird kind of deformed island of Dr. Monroe hybrid that, that's just
1: waiting and the to take over. DJ uh,
3: Catholic! I'm getting so cold. I ain't wait this hard since I was 18 Apologize if I say Anything I don't mean Like what's up with your best friends We get out, have some fun, believe me And what's up with these new niggas and why they think it all comes so easy But get it why you here, boy Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy Yeah told you, I'm on one Yeah, fuck it, I'm on one Yeah, I said I'm on one Fuck it, I'm on one Two white cups that I got that drink Could be purple, it could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be got, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on one I said fuck it, I'm on one I'm burning John. purple flowers. It's
0: burning my chest. Leave I bury the most cash and burning the rest. Walking this on
1: the clouds. What feels like feels like far too long. <laughs> um,
2: A lot to get off your chest. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Went, I, we went down the rabbit hole too.
1: Yeah, we did. The bottom line to Sac Republic is you shoulda come on the show. Because it would have made this so much clearer It would have made it easier And we could have talked about things Rather than us just Like disparaging Sac Republic um, But Ultimately I I think I think it's time to leave To leave Sac Republic in the, in the rear view Um We've we've dragged them out into the desert and just <laughs> just buried them there. We'll leave them there, and uh, and we can talk about we can talk about two uh, two big clubs meeting in a clash in the opening weekend of the Premier League season. I can feel it. In feel, my plums. In my plums. <laughs> I'll cut that out and then we'll have the real clip in there. I'll put the real clip in there. <laughs> um, but we we've got Liverpool against Arsenal in the season opener. And I don't know about you, but I, I have I'm genuinely very excited for this game. Uh, you, you know
2: my, my new favorite saying. And I think we have a shared man crush on uh, the actor? The ridiculously handsome actor, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Obviously. I think I think that was a a fake hesitation. I think once I said handsome, you knew exactly who I was talking about. Oh, I knew who you were talking about, but I was worried about.
1: (laughs) I was a little worried about being wrong,
2: if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Then it's then it's even more awkward. But you know, Jack to the tits is my favorite Brian Gosling say. I saw you sipping that beer, and I was hoping that you might dispute a little bit. But I, 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 am. I'm I'm pumped for it too. Part of the reason I gotta I gotta go full El Paso for a minute. Okay. And say that we have we've got our spot locked down. Yes. We've got Barman. I've got probably a good fifteen. 16 people that have shared their information with me that want to attend on match days. And that's primarily fans. Shout out to my second most hated Man United fan. Uh, we know him. We know him as Fern Dog, Uh who, who was initially very aggressive to the two red gringos on Twitter, which is okay. I, I expect that between Liverpool and United fans. Uh, met him in person. He's a sweetheart. But he is still Man United scum. A uh, couple United fans, one Chelsea fan, one Everton fan, uh, but all solid people. And Barman is, from everything that we've heard from working with the EP Gooners, Barman is 100% down. They said, you know, bring in any type of banners, posters that you guys have. So they'll they'll represent that too. That's uh, fantastic. And while we're on the subject, our favorite Twitter banter newscaster uh, also, apparently, says that Barman is now hosting trivia nights on Tuesday I, too.
1: I saw that, and and that ah. was that was very depressing for me personally. Um, I know you you and Eric are big trivia, big big, tri- big bar trivia. trivia yeah, people. me and my me and my wife we we get down on some trivia. We we have a trivia <laughs> night now, um, Wednesday nights here here in uh, Central Texas, but. For in in El Paso we looked for trivia for a long time and it, it wasn't really happening. So I think one, I think Barman um as a venue is fantastic for um for Premier League in El Paso, especially on some uh, warmer afternoons, um, which you'll tend to get down there. You've got the outdoor area, you've got um a nice nice bar and then the name barman just lends itself to a soccer bar i don't know
2: i i, I think it's got all the makings of it's been a spot where it's, it's had some decent places in it before but it's changed a lot mm-hmm. and you need you need a, a good kind of strong following i if you got trivia night you're you're already a solid ball in are. my opinion if you can get like especially imagine corner tavern like I we appreciate Corner Tavern so much that we would go there at night. i go there like, yeah. if I'm done with work to grab a drink. Otherwise, I, honest to God, I probably would not step foot in that place. <laughs> right. It was surprisingly good. It was. No, no offense to Sal and all them, because that, I mean, it's my all-time favorite bar yeah. in El Paso, but that's the secret to a bar is that you have some type of personality connected with it right. as well. Um, and El Paso especially is a type of place where there's a lot of kind of new up and coming hipster, fancier places that are out there but if right. you've got a good personality and just the right bar approach to it yeah. uh, I think that's ultimately what's gonna make them successful so shout out yeah. to uh, our our favorite newscaster uh, I, I can't go because I don't I don't even want to see her there because <laughs> I I feel like it might be awkward that <laughs> with somebody like super super attractive and on the news, that constantly posts somewhat suggestive gifts online and yeah. only communicates in gifts. That I, uh, I uh, I'm okay dealing dealing with human beings and bars, but sure. I don't I don't know where where the starting point is. Like, do I no. try to reenact like like a, a Parks and Rec GIF? Do I do that? Do I come with like a caption on me?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know.
1: I okay, so. I feel like what we've just what we've just talked about is not necessarily part of the public like consciousness. <laughs> they don't know what the shit we're talking about. So um let's just let's just lay it all out there. We've got basically a local newscaster in El Paso. Um well, one local newscaster was leaving. Um,
0: oh yeah,
2: and I never liked her to begin with.
1: Anyway. No, and that's what I mean. She who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> her and her billboard. Um, so I jokingly i i saw the i saw the the news that she was leaving, and jokingly responded as two red gringos. And whatever I don't even remember exactly what happened on Twitter, but the bottom line is that there's a newscaster in El Paso who she is, she's obsessed with the Gringos. I don't I don't know how else to, <laughs> I don't know how, else to uh, how to even how to even describe what we've what we've experienced over these, over these last few weeks. I can
2: describe it personally. Okay. She's,
1: she's trying,
2: she's trying to build, I'm not falling for the suggestive gifts. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. she's trying to hook as possible get a good, like cult following as a newscaster. Yeah. You know, that that's important too. That's, that's how you get your shit on a billboard right there. And then ditch town for wherever else too. But I'm worried. (laughs) <laughs> I'm worried. Uh, exactly. Also a Boston night. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried though by recent comments that they're gonna pull a full, uh, Phil Baki and ditch El Paso, and the comments are related to one Chico's tacos. And we're just going down all sorts of rabbit holes now. We haven't even touched on Arsenal Liverpool. We haven't. But
1: we uh, may. I not. feel like Who we knows? we
2: have we have to address. Chico's, Chico's tacos. tacos. Okay, and and we we came we came to a clash over it, even though we we probably feel the same way about it. Although maybe we it just boils do. down to I'm more comfortable with explosive diarrhea than than you are. Like I'm okay. <laughs> right. I'll I'll bite the bullet.
1: All right, I'm going to rewind again. Chico's tacos. I'm going to rewind again, and I'm going to say, <laughs> all right, to all those listening who don't know who what Chico's tacos is. If you Shame ever go to you. El Paso, well, apparently now it's closing, but there's this place called well, the, Chico's, what, Tacos. one location,
2: just one location. Just
1: why would they close the original location? What the hell kind of business plan? Like what the hell are they running out there? Anyway, remember it
2: is it is El Paso.
1: Yeah, I guess. So anyways, Chico's Tacos is an old like fast food chain in El Paso. And by the name of it, you think, all right, tacos, fast food, uh, I, you know, you have a thought of, and I know you're all out there, you're picturing a taco, like think of a taco um, that you've had before, uh, maybe even Taco Bell, think about, you know, you've got the shell, you've got the meat, you've got the lettuce, you've got the tomato, you, whatever. Whatever you put on a taco, imagine that. Okay, now throw that out the window. That is not what they serve at Chico's Tacos. Get rid of it. Get rid of that mental image. Now picture that you've walked into a 7-Eleven. And you've walked (laughs) to the rollers in the back. Right? And you're now serving yourself up a 7-Eleven taquito. Alright, now that's what they put in the paper the little paper serving tray. They put a taquito in there and then they, they dress up. They kind of church up the taquito. They're not just going to give you a taquito. (laughs) They're going to give you, so you have a hard shell tortilla wrapped around meat. That's in the paper tray. Now they're going to, they're going to dress it up for you. They're going to make it nice. They're going (laughs) to throw some red sauce on there, but this is not like Mm. salsa Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or even like enchilada sauce picture
2: just sauce that is red
1: picture water <laughs> and then add red to it no flavor but just red and some chunks unidentifiable chunks those are poured over the taquito you, and it pools at the bottom of the paper of the paper tray
2: that that's a big point for our listeners uh, even though we're on opposite ends of what we feel about Chico's tacos, Phil Baki is exactly right in this description. It is a Seven Eleven taquito, <laughs> completely doused in watery sauce, it, and in, I have, in, in, in a paper paper
1: in, is in paper, paper, paper It's paper it's a paper tray. it's a paper tray, and then and then the the crowning the crown jewel, right? Just to just to really finish off this 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 uh, you know dish. Is they cover it in unmelted shredded cheddar <laughs> cheese. Completely unmelted, completely cold, like straight out of the refrigerator, craft like shredded mac and cheese or shredded cheese. So they cover it in that. The taquito's not hot enough and the sauce is not hot enough to melt that cheese. So it no a couple. Point,
2: A couple strands might (laughs) maybe coagulate is the word. I think that's where you get the chunks from and the sauce.
1: Exactly. Okay, so maybe the chunks are a couple coagulated (laughs) strands of cheese. The enzymes and shit coagulate. Um, (laughs) If we're sticking with Chappelle's show. But yeah, so they hand you this and you pay money for them to serve you this this abomination and the first person who took me who was a native el pasoan so I'll have to like cut him some slack first he was like oh man chicos best thing for, first thing I get when I come back to el paso is <laughs> chicos I was like I was eating it and I was I was like well I don't want him to feel Bad for taking me here, but this is terrible. Like, so I lied my ass off. I was like, "Oh yeah, man!" Like, Chico's Tacos is incredible. It's (laughs) fucking god awful. Um, I cannot believe that that passes for like legendary status in El Paso. It's a goddamn joke.
2: Even my so the first time that my girlfriend and I visit El Paso, we're looking at. Places to live, and I had never heard about it before. We didn't go there, but I'm boarding the plane to go back to San Antonio at the time, and I get a call from my dad. Oh no, not a call, just a text message that just—I don't even know if I told him I was in El Paso. But the text (laughs) message just reads, "You have to go to Chico's Tacos." So I call him up a couple days later. I was like, "Dad, what is Chico's Tacos?" He's like, "Oh, it's this." I was like, oh, when have you ever been to El Paso? like, oh, I've never went. And that that kind of sums up Chico's Tacos, is that it's, it's, it's perfect. It is – it's iconic in El Paso. Most native El Pasoans are not as cruel as the person that took you there. They will acknowledge how god-awful Chico's Tacos is. And it's not something a normal human being should eat unless you're just completely blackout drunk or right. – hungover slash still drunk. That's the only time that she goes tacos is appropriate. And you are, it's not great. Even the fries that come with it are not good. But you know what? It's it's not even the experience. It's it's like a whataburger type environment on the inside. There's nothing really good about it except I love everything about it. And that's I think that's That's the secret. It's terrible. The chicos tacos, and
1: I love it. So, so maybe that's. I mean, maybe that's it. It's it's El Paso. It's um, not to say that El Paso is like that, but it's a it's an institution. Um, yeah, I,
2: that that's what I've liked about El Paso. El Paso is what it is, right. and people are very open about that. They're very open about what El Paso is as a city. They don't try to. Do any type of masquerade or something. Now, it's, it's getting to the point where there's more things popping up in that. So I wouldn't be surprised that it gets a little bit too – it's a good Western saying. Maybe big for its britches. Uh, but but it's, it's got that authenticity and that honesty to it. That, sure. that hey, you know we're, we're kind of a shithole, but it's our shithole and there's actually some kind of cool things right. within the shithole so barman and attractive newscasters being two of them
1: but yeah so now you can't go to trivia night because of the interactions that we've had with said newscaster i don't know are like are we are we forbidden from from mentioning <laughs> who this is i don't i don't i don't
2: think yeah, this is going to hurt her career in any yeah. way I, I'm not going to say it. You, you can say it. if you. I feel like it's, it's only happened online. But right. I, honestly... So if we, we open, say it out
1: know, loud, now it's real. Nothing's... Now it's real. Uh,
2: <laughs> but it's it's Twitter. It's open. Nothing's going down no, in the DM. No, no, no. Which is a song now. Which is a song I heard. Going down, down in the DM? Going down in the DM. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like three years old. I'm it's, just now seeing yeah. it.
1: Well, yeah. But...
2: Okay, so a, a horrible transition. It's it's going down on Sunday. Arsenal Liverpool. Yes. Jack to the tits as we said. So let's yeah. get into the red side of the
1: gringos. All Not
2: right. the red sauce, but the red. Right. Mersey side red.
1: So we've got some issues heading into the first the first match um, despite being as jacked as we are, which i I still definitely am um but we're having we're having the same kind of issues leading into this season that we that we've had um in previous ones and and that's injuries i'm uh I'm looking at a list right now. Who you got? We've got eight players currently listed as injured. We've got Gruich, Milner, Lovren, Sturridge, Carius, Lucas, Gomez, Sako.
2: Wait, wait! Lovren's not. Lovren is injured.
1: Uh, it says Lovren took a knock. Um, <sighs> it doesn't specify. What? How he's hurt? Says he'll only be out a a, a few days. But the issue being that Lovren and Sako are both on this list, uh, <laughs> and Gomez as and well. Gomez. Uh, not Wait, to mention Carius. Did you uh, say Carius? What long-term injury? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm getting the I'm hand. getting my I'm getting my new arrivals come up. I was mistaking him for a majestic, majestic Viking.
1: Oh, Ragnar. No, Ragnar. Ragnar is healthy. Yeah. Ragnar the red.
2: Okay. Lovren caught me off guard though.
1: Who? Yeah.
2: And this is so, when we look at our starting 11s too, we've got players based on preseason right. that, I mean, I'm one with Sacco. I mean, even with all that, whatever happened with Sacco happened. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think that's our, our first choice center back. I can't argue necessarily for captain if you get sent home from a preseason tour. Um, But I think that's our first choice center back. And, but I mean, Chris definitely, I think was, I don't think there's any mistake about it. He was brought in to be our number one. Uh, But then maybe even saying Loverin and, and even Joel, Matip has been carrying, didn't look all too fit in the friendly. Um, but there's a lot of players and especially a lot of players in on the defensive side of things, even Milner now who apparently his primary role is starting left back or backup left back. I haven't determined <laughs> it yet.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think the thing that's, that's problematic about this is we know that over the course of the season, Liverpool sustain quite a bit of injuries. they, they just do there's there's almost no avoiding it at this point um we just seem to be unlucky in that way but the the thing that's problematic about this for me is the fact that we haven't we haven't played a competitive game yet and there hasn't really aside from aside from the Chelsea friendly there hasn't really been a lot of issues as far as opposing teams kind of taken the friendlies too far. Um, The Chelsea one being the, uh, the exception only because uh, what was that? Ces Fabregas with the, uh, (laughs) with the red horror tackle. Was it uh,
2: straight red? That that Chelsea Twitter, that Chelsea Twitter tried to defend as he goes for a leg breaking tackle.
1: Yeah. In a friendly, Um, no less, but, Regardless, so we've got some injury issues. And and with that list, how does that affect who lines up against Arsenal in this opening game of the season?
2: I would say the only impact... um, Last episode, I kind of made the point that I thought it was Milner's to lose. But clearly, even though, just, just based on performance... Um and I think the same was true for Hendo. I think if they all things considered, if they would have been healthy, even with new signings, they would have been in the eleven. Yeah. Um but
1: most likely. We've got Moreno out out on the left and Klein right. That's kind of a yeah. kind of a no brainer. We got nobody else. Because yeah, we don't have any other fullbacks. <laughs> They're all gone, um, and we haven't brought anyone in. So, um, so we've got so we've got Kleiner Moreno at fullback. No real, no real surprises. I think we've got Ragnar and 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 Joel Matip, um, at center back again mm-hmm. because with. With the injuries, if it is, you know, Sacco, Lovren, and and even now Lucas um, are all injured, then, again, no one else. We don't have anyone like, else who can the,
2: I mean, who's coming off the bench? Is it Stewart?
1: <laughs> Stewart got a little time Wisdom? at
2: Wisdom. I mean, they, I, they're probably going to be on the bench now, too, mm-hmm. just because that's the only cover that we have. So we can get into transfers and how that might impact. Right. The, the cover for injuries too, which I, I assume Ragnar was, was supposed to be that cover.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but then
2: everybody got injured. Um, right. I think where, where it might differ is how we line up. Uh, we, we'll probably be, cl- I, I imagine we'll be closer in terms of our attacking three um, or maybe attacking four. I don't know. But how the midfield will line up, I think right. is, is going to vary differ or very pretty differently between uh, both you and I and then probably what we find between the rest of Liverpool fans as well. So who do you, who do you have in the middle?
1: Um, so I think, I think we talked a little last episode about the fact that, um, we kind of thought that Milner would be part of that, that midfield three, um, as kind of the, the cool, um, veteran head, uh, yeah. Yeah. To start the season at least, um, just kind of that that holdover. So now um, I think with with the injuries, basically, Klopp has, in my opinion, two options. He can go with the um, Henderson Chan midfield two, uh, if he's gonna play the four two three one, uh, or he goes with a, which I kind of prefer this route um only because of the options that we now have. Um the Henderson, Chan, or well I'll say Chan, Henderson, uh Catino midfield three um behind a a front three of Mane, Orighi, and uh I think Firmino, but Maybe mm-hmm. Vinaldum. I don't know. Uh, but I think Mane, Mane and Origi are definitely in there, but I think that midfield three of Coutinho, Hendo, Chan kind of gives you um, a little different look than, uh, than what we've seen from Klopp previously and gives Coutinho, because I prefer Coutinho in that deeper role. Um, yeah. I... I that's what I'd like to see, but
2: so as much as it pains me to break your heart with this, that's not what we're going to see against Arsenal. No, you got two out of the three right in the midfield, <laughs> but but Coutinho he's going to be it's going to be a four three three. Yeah. Coutinho's going to be in that more attacking. He's not a, we know he's not a winger, but it's more like an attacking player out wide that cuts in. Yeah. Uh, like our own. Yeah. Yeah, like our own Robin or whatever, like that, sure. except without quite the pace. Um, our front, our our middle three. I think Chan and Henderson are going to pair up, in that God help me, it's not a double pivot, but that's no. that's what people that's what people will think about uh yeah. Chan and Henderson are going to be that two and then in front of them is going to be your favorite player Adam Lallana <sighs> Who who credit due to Lallana performed very well in that role against Barcelona
1: Yeah No and that and, and I will I, I will concede um that he he played well in central midfield against Barcelona um, Will
2: you though? Because you you took what was a great uh, pressing move that led to a Lalana assist, and you criticized it.
1: Yes, I did, and I stand by that quite <laughs> honestly. Because if you if you watch that back, and you look at Lalana's, so first he makes he he makes a a good he uh, anticipates Equal well Alana. He anticipates well. Um, he he anticipates, intercepts the ball, uh, runs into the opposing half uh, as he as he often does, and then as he approaches Barcelona's box, to his left, there are two players <laughs> bearing down on goal, Mane and uh, I. I guess it would have been Vinallum at that point. Um, I think it was
2: was it a or one of the
1: two agi, yeah, maybe all three of them were two <laughs> um, but to his left he's got he's got those three players and space. and because he was coming from the right flank, there's there's more space on the left flank and there's also more there's more like scoring opportunities happening to his left. He dumps the ball off to Firmino to his right who has no shot um, at scoring from the angle that he's that he's in um, and is able to maintain possession and, and get it back to Lallana just for him to dump it off and, and Mane to smash it home <laughs> um, but the bottom line is that when Adam Lallana has the ball in the opponent's box if he touches it at any point in in a Liverpool move the odds are that that move is going to break down if it doesn't it, it it's you know it's it's the exception to the rule um he he just he's he's freaking i don't even know he's like he's like anesthesia like that's his that's his effect <laughs> that's his effect on on the team is he he just anything that's happening he just puts it to sleep <laughs> receives the ball puts I... puts everybody to sleep no he just i don't know he just to me did he was that a was that a good sequence from him it was like he he created a goal um from midfield um, intercepted the ball, you know, moved it into a dangerous position, and eventually the the chance opened itself up, and Mane scored. Um, but the bottom line is that like nine times out of ten, Lolana is just completely like he may as well not be on the field. Um, <laughs> no, I I'm, I I can't
2: let you go that far because the Lalana kind of the new one that's going to pick up, I think, and run with the Joe Allen mantle for for two reasons one he's going to be kind of decisive or divisive as joe allen was towards the end of the year and up throughout the euros sure and that you're either going to be really pro or you know what the hell are you guys talking about i think Lilan's going to pick that one up um but also because he's he's normally fairly inept in the final third it's right so we'll pick that up from joe <laughs> allen uh but what one thing that we this is and another thing that's strikingly similar is that Joe Allen was always credited for a certain style um, and the difference might be is that Joe Allen was brought in to Brendan Rodgers' team because he played that style and he would fit into that system. Lalanna is very similar in that Lalana the style of play that Lalana thrives at is pressing it is winning the ball back um And, and, you know, creating something from that. And and that fits perfectly with Klopp's approach. But the same problem with Allen is kind of Lilana's problem as well. If that's all you provide, and if that is what the the tactics are centered upon, you need every single person in the starting 11 and every single person on the bench that can do that. If that is what you train for, if that is what this team is built around, that can't be – your only that can't be your niche. There has to be something on top of it. And what's true for Joe Allen, maybe less true for Joe Allen, more true for Lalana, especially given his price tag, is he he has to score goals. He has to create assists. Now in his defense, what I will say is that we haven't seen Lalana a lot in a midfield three or or really in the midfield in general. He's always been really more forward and in the right, which is a position that Mane throughout preseason has absolutely solidified, Right. and we can get into uh, – I think he's going to have a phenomenal impact. I think Sturridge is always going to be our best player, but I think Mane has a chance to be our most impactful player this season as well. Um, but for Lallana, I I'm kind of interested to see how it will go against Arsenal – in that midfield role, because I was initially wrong and I criticized it for saying I don't think it's not that Lallana is a ten in that role, but I just didn't think that he would be able to to be able to link up play and create attacking moves like the ten should. Um, and, and I think not just on the assist, but he did that primarily throughout the Arsenal game as
3: well.
1: Right, and I th- so I think I think with my my midfield three ultimate be ultimately being wishful thinking. Um I think the the choice really is between um is between Vinaldum as that as that third midfielder that kind of trends forward or or Lolana. Um, yeah. so I think Lolana may get the nod um from Klopp just because he um, well, one, he's coming off uh, what I will say, you know, a solid performance in midfield um, against Barcelona. But but also he may get the nod from Klopp as the. Uh, basically, not putting that kind of pressure on Vinaldum in the first game, because yeah, knowing that, you know, Vinaldum scored uh, I think 11 goals for Newcastle last season. The expectation auto- automatically from every Liverpool fan is if he doesn't score in the first half, then he's basically a <laughs> giant piece of shit. So, yeah. so I think I mean maybe he maybe he takes that into account and in that you know Lalana is the uh I guess you know sadly, but from my point of view, but more seasoned player <laughs> and more and uh more attuned to the team and and has had uh, more time to kind of work with the system so maybe maybe Alana gets the nod um, uh, over Vinaldum. but I think that might be the choice uh, rather than Coutinho who I'd still really want to see in that deeper role but I I don't think we're I don't I think those days are are behind us Um, yeah but I think well no go ahead
2: for those, I think for Catino to be in that role, what's going to happen if you envision a fully fit squad? I don't think there's any indication to bring Winaldum in as a squad player. I think Lallana is on the chopping blocks. I think even Henderson, and this is not even taking into account Milner. I think right. all three of those players, those positions are up for grabs. Absolutely. Um, but I think it depends. I think if Klopp has a choice. He goes with Firmino over Coutinho. I think if every Liverpool Liverpool fan has a choice, they go Coutinho over Firmino. But I think that's something that, given a, a, a fully-fit squad, Coutinho might need to adapt, not necessarily a deeper role, but in that more attacking midfield three. Uh, definitely more centralized than he typically is. Um, right. But in order to do that, I think he's going to have to press more like Firmino or Lallana would, um, but that ultimately would be ideal for us. If you could take the ability to press and win the ball back, like Firmino and Lolana have, and and add that to Coutinho's game, I think he's got it a little bit. Uh, but to get to the point where it's where it's at that level of, I think Firmino and Lallana are two best attacking pressing players. Um, just going off last season, Mane could be. I think Mane Shoney could be just as good. Yeah. Uh, but for Ronaldo too, I think. He, it's going to be interesting for him to see where he fits in because I, the expectations are goals, but he is not featured in. He's featured more in a midfield pair so right. far, or a little bit deeper in the midfield three, right? In that he'll be able to run into the box and provide an attack, but definitely not a more attacking minded player. Uh, and so I think some of the, he's gotten a, not a lot, but a little bit of criticism in terms of his lack in maybe goal scoring or attacking play so far in the preseason, but which hasn't necessarily been up to him. It's been more about the positioning uh, and where he's kind of fielded in the 11.
1: Right. And that's what I, I don't know that, I mean, as we go forward, when we, when we look at our first choice 11, I think, I mean, I think whenever we, and we talked about this last episode was, you know, you always see Sturridge as, as a, a lone striker in that four, two, three, one kind of setup. Um, that's where he's, that's where he's really thrived. Um, so I think our first choice 11 kind of, kind of fits around that. So you've got, um, Sturridge, Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, uh, and then a midfield two of Chan and, Someone, and so that someone <laughs> is going to be decided. I think ultimately, um, by how how Vinaldum kind of uh fits in in these early stages, because I think Vinaldum, when you think about the role that that Jordan Henderson has fulfilled uh, the last couple of years, where he he plays central, um, but he drifts out wide in in the attack. Um, and kind of provides a little bit of, like he put in some, you know, I love a good Hendo cross, but um, <laughs> but he he provides some some kind of, basically a, a different angle of attack. Um, when you think about what Vinaldum brings, he kind of plays that, almost the 14-15 Hendo role of... Henderson was always kind of like on the edge of the box, uh, always like kind of waiting for someone to to pick him out with a pass and and try to try to score a goal from from the edge of the box or or put put a ball into the box. Um, and so I think I think the way Vinaldom fits in is he kind of fits that role where if Chan is sitting a little deeper and playing the destroyer, then then Vinaldom is is kind of that that late run. Um, into the box uh, that that provides an extra option for for Mane or Coutinho um, or Firmino even who who are going to be you know the kind of creative force um, trying to give Sturridge service um, so I I think I think ultimately that's the that's the end the end state that kind of Klopp has it in mind Um and it'll just be a matter of you know whether Henderson or or kind of proves yeah. to fit that role better.
2: And it, we could be in in for a pretty exciting season because looking at that lineup, if Chan is your most defensive minded midfielder, we know that Chan is not is not a DM. No, and I would think almost it's not going down in the DM. Chan, so. it's <laughs> not going down the DM. <laughs> Chan. I think Chan's more natural position is where we're envisioning Linaldom or Henderson. But even I mean Grichich in preseason is even getting forward and scoring goals. That that's not the tip he's almost like a a younger, less attractive, taller Chan that we've right. had so far in preseason.
1: And and, and less attractive is not a dig on on Gruitch as much. No, as no, it's no. Just, he's not, he's not an ugly, man. Just to, just, just, Chan to be, is, just to be clear, Emre Chan yeah. is a is a demigod, and and yeah, <laughs> he's majestic. He, <laughs> and, but that
2: that's one thing that slightly that slightly concerns me. I mean, it's it's great football to watch, but I think we're always going to be haunted by the ghosts of thirteen fourteen. And we hate, like, maybe it'll be Conte's Chelsea or Mourinho's United. We hate that style of team. Yep. But I think part of us secretly wants, we don't want to be that team, but we want the ability to be that team. Right. Um, so that's, in terms of transfers too, that's one thing that I'm looking for. I think you're spot on that 4 two, three, one is the is the ideal formation right. that we're going to be situated in. I think four, three, three can be almost as effective too, but a lot of that hinges on Firmino's ability to score goals, but whether or not Mane or Vinaldo or anybody else can contribute. Uh, but we're we're still looking to the transfer market. I I think you, you have to have somebody that a defensive-minded player because we know Lucas, that ship has kind of sailed for him. Right. Uh, if he's I, playing, I kind he's of,
1: playing center back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially for, you know, if you put him in as cover or something like that, but in the starting lineup, that's just, that one's gone. So I think you still have to bring in somebody, a defensive minded midfielder that'll assume that role. And of course, when it comes to transfer, I'm not as itching for it as everybody else is, but we need, we need at least cover. Not if it's not a starting left back, we need cover from left back, and we need cover for right back.
1: We do, because especially we now that, that young John Flanagan has gone has gone on loan to Burnley. Flanagan. Um, we've we are very thin at fullback, and and we're looking at we're looking at a player in Nathaniel Klein who played every he- minute practically <laughs> some of last heavy season. heavy minutes heavy minutes so when you when you've got that kind of expectation that the fullbacks are just gonna be um available (laughs) and we've already had you know injury problems to start the season you're looking at a situation where you're you're gonna be deploying someone in an emergency type role a you know a Markovich perhaps in that in that right back role, in that Brendan <laughs> Rogers right back role. Shout out uh, to Brendan Rogers. Yeah. And, uh, and shout out to, uh, there's, a, there's a, a Celtic podcast that started up in the uh, Chicagoland area, <laughs> um, Boys in Green. And, uh, and shout out to them as, uh, as we, we, try to round out the, uh, the Chicago Land area, Brendan Rogers podcast network of, of a Liverpool pod, a Celtic pod. And then all we need is Swansea and, uh, and Reading, And we're good to go. <laughs> well,
2: it's all coming full circle now with Carlton Cole's transfer to Sac Republic. So I think we have <laughs> formally, formally a Celtic player. He is. Yeah. Um, did he score any goals for him? I, I,
1: I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe uh, like three.
2: <laughs> but thanks, thanks for 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 Brendo for uh, providing that that top dance yes. for us by by shipping them off to. <laughs> 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 I can't go back down that road, the no. soccer public road, and the Carlton Colt. But oh god! <laughs> but so. we need we need somebody. We've got maybe Kevin Stewart and Andre Wisdom. Who are going to be the two that can fill in across the back line right. <laughs> in all four positions? Right. So we, we need at least one more. You can do three substitutions during a game. We have to have at least one more defender in case both center backs and a fullback go down. Right. There's got to be somebody else.
1: So, with all this taken into consideration, Liverpool Arsenal this weekend. Arsenal, um you're you're taking in the game at Barman's in El Paso. I'll actually be at uh Fados in Austin with uh with L F C Austin. Um oh, shit. watching watching this that your, game.
2: Is that your first with it'll, the LFC Austin
1: crowd? It, it'll be my second. Um I actually went to I I, I took in the uh the Liverpool Bournemouth game at the end of last season. Um, the the first Premier League game after, uh, the Dortmund comeback, um, Ugh. and uh, so I I I got my first taste of of LFC Austin there. Um, but I will I will be back down there with those guys. Uh, for this weekend, I'll probably I'll document a lot more of it. Uh, with our with our Snapchat, and if you haven't, for those listening still um you ha- if you haven't checked out our snapchat just add us it's two red gringos um it's that new shit that we're trying to get on trying to trying to act trying to act <laughs> like we're with we're with the times and uh and yeah but so uh so I'll document some more of it um this time around um but with with all that predictions for the game <sighs> Score and goal scorers. I'll ask for. Oh my god! Well, who who
2: came out? Who's the referee for the game? It was Ooh. just announced.
1: I'll I'll have to uh, I'll have to get with our get with we're our, checking, stats, our stats guy. We check with our, our stats guy. Our intern. It? We need our intern to look that up for us.
2: What is it? Is Michael Oliver? Is that right? Is that the name?
1: <sighs> that would be. That would be something. I'd prefer I'd prefer a Klattenberg. Klattenberg's
2: Clatten, like... cool. like at <laughs> celebrity status
1: right now. No, he is. He's getting is it Oliver? of his of his finals that he's refed. Like I mean
2: I I used to hate him, but it turned out it was actually admiration for as big as a shithead as he is. Um <laughs> But no, he's reached the peak of his profession. But Michael Oliver, uh just the... actually was there, there was a, a match that took place a couple seasons ago. Yeah. I had the pleasure of sitting next, the very next day, sitting next to an Arsenal fan in an airport bar who thought that the match was live. Um, and the scoreline happened in 5-1 the day before and also on that day. So that was one of my most enjoyable experiences as a Liverpool fan, was sitting, re-watching what, what at the time was... A revelation to us we had not we've seen glimpses of it but we thought we our track record against arsenal was horrific and we Terrible. abs just a complete for 40 that first half 45 minutes i don't recall another team being destroyed quite as much as we destroyed arsenal no. on that day and lo and behold it was michael oliver who was the referee for that, that game true. as well so i'm fuck it. So I'm going to go I'm going to go a 3 to 1 Liverpool win.
1: 3-1. Three, 3-1. One.
2: Three, one. All right. And I'm going to go who's scoring? I mean who, who the fuck knows. I'm going to say Firmino's going to bag two. Okay. And I'm going to say Hendo's going to bag one as well.
1: Wow. All right. All right.
2: And for Arsenal to be honest, I really don't give a shit. No, I, you know, I'm even going to go. The one goal that Arsenal scores is going to be an own goal, <laughs> and I'll be damned if it wasn't Alberto Moreno putting in that <laughs> one goal and absolutely ruining what would otherwise be a glorious day for me. Um, I'm going three-one, and it, it. Okay. I'm going to be laughed at, but you know.
1: So I'm, I'm counting going- on you, Michael Oliver. So. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Um, two one to Liverpool. I'm gonna Ooh. say. I'm gonna say. Uh, Alexis Sanchez gets gets the goal for gets the goal for the, the Gunners. Um, and uh, and I think it's I think it's a riggy, and uh, and I'll say the winner is a a debut goal for Sadio Mane.
2: (laughs) So, to put it short, high expectations for the opener. Um, I'm going to get the word out, too. I'm going to make sure that the El Paso Gunners know exactly the scoreline that I predicted. So I can either be (laughs) a prediction god or be absolutely murdered. (laughs) The resulting scoreline. Whenever we're watching the match, whatever. yeah. I
1: mean, at least you're at least you're living at that point. You know, you've you've put yourself out there.
2: I there's nothing quite like feeling alive as when you predict a football match thousands of miles away on a podcast <laughs> here in Houston, Texas. So maybe uh, maybe it's just the St. Arnold lawnmower flowing through me. But maybe. I mean the. The last preseason friendly was a downer, but uh, I'm hoping that Barcelona matchup wasn't our our kind of Dortmund for this season. But I think everything that we saw about preseason was positive. I saw one post that said, you know, who's your performer of the preseason so far? And out of all four choices, it was like, you know, 30%, 20%, 30%, 20%. And I think that kind of sums up the preseason we're not necessarily looking at performances, but we're looking at how the younger players fit in. We're looking at how the new players that we brought in fit in, even in spite of our kind of injury problems. Arsenal's got some injury problems too. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that kind of equals everything out Um, and, and we can get a feel for it. But I think we've had a preseason that's, uh, I think we've had a clock preseason that'll get us ready to play the style of football. And I always feel like teams like Arsenal, Tottenham uh, less so much Chelsea, but city. I feel like those are the top teams that we thrive against because those are players that want to go. They want to go at you. They want to be attacking. They want to play uh, more, more balanced attacking football, um, which we don't always get against the United's and the Chelsea's who've been typically reserved over the past few years. But those are the teams that I think we are going to be more effective against because, because, There are teams that Mm -hmm. want the ball. Uh, And and, and I think Klopp style is, it's okay to not always have possession because uh, teams that are attack-minded that do have possession, one thing that we saw over the preseason is that once we win the ball back, Mane and others are just deadly fast on the ball. And we have severely lacked that over the past two seasons. And and so that injection of pace, I think it's going to be, especially against Tottenham and Arsenal, who historically hold pretty high lines back there. And with maybe a shaky Arsenal defense, I think, I think it's going to be right to, to really hit the ground running where if we, that's what our preseason has been for to do that. And we're going to have to, because our schedule is brutal at the start. Mm. So, I mean, let's, let's not get ourselves a point away at Arsenal is, is always something that we'll take, yeah. but I think we got a real opportunity there to, to snatch more than that. Um, and that, if we can hit the ground running at Arsenal, then everything else will kind of put us on the front foot for, if we can get through this this opening part of the season, uh, you know, we've, we're not going to be foolish enough to make any type of ridiculous predictions. But top four is always always the goal for us. Um, and if we get through this preseason, or get through the initial part of the season uh, with, with a decent amount of points, that'll set us up for some, some cushioning parts throughout the season now if we can just perform against them as we do against some of the top teams (laughs) yeah we'll be all right
1: no and that's uh i i think that's as as good a way of of capturing the importance of this first game as as any we've uh i think everyone sees the beginning of the season as an opportunity to start something you know special or start something um off on the right foot but the, the bottom line yeah. of what we've seen in the preseason from Liverpool is that um, they have the ability to to get to get going very quickly here and, and not really waste any time um, at the beginning of the season gelling or or anything along those lines they've spent the preseason um, showing what they can do and and I think this Arsenal game provides them a very early opportunity to to put that into um, a competitive uh, form here early. So I I think uh, I don't know. We we will see how things turn out on Sunday. Um, the game is uh, it's not too early for you guys out in El Paso. I don't think it's I can't remember the uh, nine a.m.
2: But here's which bad. is normally which is normally too early to drink. Right. I didn't even say it early with bar men. So with the number of people that we can get out, especially for the opening date, it's actually going to be a private party for us at Bar Men. Okay. Which means which means <laughs> the alcohol will be flowing.
1: That's fantastic bright, news.
2: Bright and early. Um, so yeah, we're raging alcoholics, but we're proud of it at yeah. the Two Ray gifts.
1: Well, that's what, um, so I've got the, uh, you know, it's 10 AM out here. So I think I'm good as long as I get food. Right. So Ooh, maybe them tenders. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's always tender time. <laughs> um, but so we'll, we'll, uh, man, I really am. I'm, I'm, I haven't felt like this about a, about a match day in a while. It's been a long summer of, of just, a bunch of bullshit like <laughs> fake ass competitions and now we're we're back into the Liverpool season two episodes deep now um with the two red gringos and I don't know I'm just I'm feeling I'm feeling good about about the start of the season um so I just I, I don't know I need to get we need to get this thing get this thing started four days <laughs> is way too long well I like <laughs> and, we're
2: it's not even the first match, and we're already two episodes in. So I think we're we're on pace to break some type of two Red Gringos record this yes. season as well. Uh, but you know what? Whatever, we got fucking Klopp too, and that we got I sleep I, I sleep easy at night. So Klopp, maybe it's the St. Arnold's and McLow Vultures running through me. <laughs> uh, but you know, I feel the same way. I think Jack jack to the tits is the uh, perfectly hopefully that that will be able to sum up our our entire season not just the first match
1: but not uh, just this episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) but all subsequent episodes too Uh, (laughs) but it'll be good i'm i'm excited for sunday
1: yeah and we we didn't we didn't get to a couple topics i think we we spent a little more time on on us stuff than we thought we would but um the i just want to i just want to say one one quick line about this all this pogba business is that it's literally made me nothing nothing has depressed as much as this liverpool season has has excited me for the premier league season again nothing has made me more depressed about the start of the premier league season than this pogba transfer just in the manner that it was conducted and the fact that he did a a video dancing for Adidas, like uh it just in my mind the Pogba transfer is like when people say against modern football, then they were literally <laughs> this is literally what they were referring to.
2: I couldn't disagree more with you. And I think Manhattan Doc, you know, who who blocked El Paso Reds, unfortunately. Did. He did. You know. But he summed it up best: Moyes, Fellaini. That's not. That's not who we want United to be. We. We don't want them to be successful, but in a way that we we want that this Pogba like hundred million dollars. We Jose Mourinho, Ibrahimovic at United. This is a team that I can despise like <laughs> like I never like I never have before.
1: That's a fair it, point.
2: And everything about this United team, yeah, like, like a total fern dog, a little bit jealous about the Zlatan capture. Like, that's just that's just entertainment right there. But sure. everything else, this is going to be... A, I'm really looking forward to the venom that I'm going to be able to spew at a Mourinho-led United team backed by Ibrahimovic's ego, backed by an aging Rooney and a $100 million Paul Pogba. Yeah. So... It's horrific, but kind of like Chico's Tacos. Uh, I love everything about it.
1: (laughs) I can't. So we're we're excited. (laughs) We're excited for a new Liverpool season. We're excited for the amount that we're going to be able to hate United with no qualms, um, (laughs) with absolutely no reservations. We're just going to be able to let unfiltered hate flow um towards towards manchester united so um i think we're we're perfectly poised where we're at now for for the start of what could be a, a pretty awesome season um and uh we've got with this being the the second episode of the third season you're right we are on pace i think to uh to break some records we gotta We'll have a couple hurdles to overcome, uh, in the in the coming months. But uh, but we've got um, we've got a couple episodes under our belt. Under our belt, we've got the website's up and running. iTunes finally is working again for us, so now no issues there. This episode will actually be up there um, in a timely manner, and not like last time where you have to uh, wait quite a while. So, um, but we've got. We're up on Snapchat now. We're on Vine. We're on like every social media platform you could possibly imagine. So, uh, if you we're haven't, yet, we're, uh, we're two red gringos, two red gringos.com. Um, and, uh, two red gringos on any social media platform pretty much that your heart desires, and you can find us. Um, and, uh, if you follow the trail of El Paso reporters, then you'll, you'll probably find us too. Uh, (laughs) Um, so with that, I think, uh, we've reached, we've reached the end of season three, episode two, Jack to the tits.
2: (laughs) All season long.
1: All season long. Um, and for, uh, for Patrick Staley, this is Phil Baki. Adios.
0: Adios. I see so I hear her in the DM. Always, oh, yeah, I see him. Yeah, that's your man. I hate to be him. It goes down in the deal It go down. It go down in the DM It go down, it go down. It goes down in the DM It go down. It go down in the deal It go down, I tell him, it go down. That check me that pussy Move Or FaceTime me that pussy If it's cool Boy, my DM poppin' Poppin', poppin'. My DM just caught a body Move Ooh. I got some libs in the DM Who? they breaking news if they see them Who? But nah, we don't do no talking. We don't do no talkie. We see suckin' shit too often Fuck nigga oh, I seen your girl post a DM So I hear her in the DM eyes, oh, yeah, I see him. Yeah, this your man, I hate to be him. It goes down in the dim. It go down, it go down in the dim. It go down, it go down. It goes down in the dim. It go down, it go down in the dim. It go down, go down. Don't you hate when you get screenshot? Bitch that D on one for everybody. Rules. I love the gram, I love the gram I love the gram I'm addicted to it, I know I am, I know I am And I just follow Angela Simmons Boy, I got a crush on Angela Simmons They like damn got it, you bold Bold. Fuck it, I'm gonna let the world know I seen your girl post a DM So I hit her in the DM All eyes, yeah, I see him Yeah, this your man, I hate to be him it goes down in the dim, it go down, it go down in the dim. It go down, it go down. It goes down in the dim. It go down, it go down in the dim. It go down, it go down. Snatch at me that puss, move. Snatch at me that puss, if it's cool. Snatch your media puss.
3: Snatch at me, that pussy, if it's cool. So
0: today as we consummate this union, let nothing or no one come in between it. What's wrong? Nothing, and my, my stomach is hurting. Hmm. it's a turtle head, it's about to come out. We gotta take the Browns to the Super Bowl. You understand what I'm saying? Give me my phone, buddy. Wake wait, up, wait Grandma. <laughs> that DM is the double son. No, it's not. I okay, can you stop? Yo, What you doing, man? You bugging. We gotta get back out here, man. I can't, man. I gotta get some more DMs in, baby. What? Yo, bro, bro, come help come me out with this. Brother, uh, my brother. Callie? Is she loyal? Yeah. Is she smart? Yeah. Is she grateful? Yeah. Did she have the key to your heart? Yeah, she does. She does have the key to my heart. Then you should marry her. But what am I going to do with this, though? Major key alert. Prenup. I seen your girl post a bill So I healed her in the DM. Oh, I, yeah, I see him. Yeah, this your man. I hate to be him. <laughs> goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. It go down, it go down. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. It go down, it. It go down. And now finally, I can announce you two husband and wife. Kiss your bride, man.